got it, say so. And it says, then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here. And hear the words of the Lord your God. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We honor you this morning for your presence. We honor you for your grace, Lord God. We honor you because you are here in our midst. And Father, I just ask you in these next few moments, Lord, as I share your word with the body of believers here, God, that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church. And God, that you would allow us, Lord God, to receive it. Father, that you would allow us to walk with it, Lord God, and to believe what you're communicating to us, Father. God, I thank you so much for the privilege that it is to be a leader within the body of Christ. And I pray, God, that you would use me today, that I would decrease in and of myself, and that you would increase, that you would speak to us. And we thank you for all of this. In Jesus' mighty name, someone said. We're going there, and I think that the word that is there is definitely for us, and I wait to preach that one when we are in our new building, amen? And so as I was praying and as I was just seeking the Lord, you know, I was kind of torn between, okay, do I just go with the flow of everything and just continue on forward in the message series that I've been preaching, or do I just share with the church from my heart and what I believe the heart of God is toward us, and I decided to go with the latter and share what God has been putting in my heart and just for us. And, you know, we look at what we're getting ready to do, and today is the last service. For those of you that may not realize this, this is the last service that Faith Doma Fellowship will meet in this building. Amen? That is awesome. If you look at it, in, in, in our nine-year anniversary, we're going sh- to spend in a new place. Glory to God. That is awesome. That is exciting. That is something. Listen, I, I want you to realize this, that there are a lot of churches closing today. Throughout the United States of America, you don't know about it, you know, they don't make the news. You know, it's not like they got a, something over there. You know how they have obituaries in, in the newspaper and stuff? They don't have like a church obituary because these how many churches closed this week. That's not what happens. But when you look statistically, churches are closing all of the time. And we are getting ready to move into a new place. And that, for me, is exciting and motivating. That is something that I'm like, God, you are amazing. 
And I want to say this before I say anything else. Everything that we're able to do is not because we are so great or we are so wonderful, but it's because he is so great, he is so wonderful, he is so gracious, he is so merciful. It is all about him, and it is not about us in any way, shape, or form. And we want, I want to make sure that that's clear, that we understand that. I bring you to the book of Joshua, and, I, and you know that a couple of, probably a couple of months ago, sometime last year, I don't remember exactly when, I preached a series throughout the book of Joshua. We went from the beginning of the book of Joshua to the end of the book of Joshua, and we were talking about new beginnings, and that's what we began to deal with during that time, and we talked about that, and so when I, when I was praying, I'm seeing God, I'm like, you guys know how I am, I really, I'm real, I'm, I'm real cautious about, you know, preaching this from the same book or the same portion of scriptures that I preached, you know, just a little while ago, even though it's months ago, I, I don't like to do that, you know, I like to bring something fresh to the church, and so that's why I was more torn than anything else, more and more because of my pride, you could have said amen there, all right, I wouldn't have been offended, because of my pride, oh, you know, well, you're going to go and preach that? Or you already preached something? No, listen, what I did, though, was I sat down, opened up my Bible. My wife confirmed to me that I needed to share this. And so I want to just share this with you. Like I said, as we transition and you see the book of Joshua, this is a book of transition. This is a book where the children of Israel have been walking in the wilderness for 40 years. They've been wa walking around in circles. You know, they've seen some good battles. They've seen some miracles. They've seen some things that have happened over there. A lot of people have died. They've been hearing about this promised land forever and ever. And I want to let you know, it's amazing. Yesterday, um, Brother Lewis, he, he offered to come and put my desk together, right? Glory to God. I got a new desk, amen? Hallelujah. I got a new office, right? Glory to God. But can I tell you something? I got a new desk five years ago. I got a new desk five years ago. I don't know, for, for those of you that were here, you remember, for like five years ago, Christmas landed on Sunday. Remember, we went to the Nazarene church. We had a breakfast there at the Nazarene church. And after that, we were actually looking at purchasing the Nazarene church to move in there and all of that good stuff. Went through negotiation with the people that were overseeing the church. And as we did that, we were like, oh, this is the one. We're moving, fasting, praying, seeking God, everything, right? People were having dreams, visions, prophesying, glory to Everything was going on, right? Mm-hmm. Five years ago. So, you know, we're looking at this transition, and what do we do? We say, okay, we're going to move. So my wife, you know, she's a thrifty, wise woman of God when it comes to shopping. Amen? So she wanted to buy quality. Well, you know, Bombay Company was having a major sale, and so we got this amazing desk and all this stuff that we purchased for a great, great price. And we're like, okay, you know, it's only going to be like a month or two before we move into the new place, and we'll set it up over there, and everything will be good. So I sent over the letter to the Nazarene church leaders, you know, this is what we're going to do. And like, um, I have a dream, because then I have a dream. Everybody else is having dreams, and then I have a real dream, glory to God. A real scary dream. I'm not saying nobody else is having real dreams. I'm just saying, I had this real scary, depressing dream. I woke up, and I was like, man, did I eat something bad last night? What is wrong with me? Dream that, you know, the Nazarene people, just in a nutshell, that they were not going to sell us the property. And I'm like, God, please let this not be true. Unfortunately, I say fortunately today. Then it was unfortunately, they were like, no, nah, we're not going to sell it. They wanted us to get into some kind of lease that was open-ended, and so at any moment they could tell us to go, and I was like, mm -mm. it's not good business, right? Five years ago, you start hearing about this. You guys know we prayed. In fact, we looked at many, many, many other properties seeking God's face. So you've been hearing about this transition. And hearing about this, we're going we're gonna to move. I preached, and I think in 2006, I preached the, the message series on transition. Talked about that, glory to God. Began to share these things because God was doing so. So we're hearing about this transition. Children of Israel, can I tell you what? They, had a, they have us beat by like 35 years, something like that. <laughs> at, least, at least 35 years that they were hearing about promised land. 
we're going to the promised land. Right? For they're hearing this. And so if you lose heart, mm-mm. They should have lost heart. But they're over here looking at this promised land, looking at this that, that is before them, and they're saying, okay, finally, you know, sad, you know, I thank God I didn't have to die in order for us to get a new building, glory to God. You know, and I say that because, you know, Moses had to die before the children of Israel could go. I'm just saying, I'm glad that I get to enjoy this, you know. I get to experience this. But Moses dies. Joshua's a new leader. They're mourning and crying out. And then God is like, yo, man, get up. I need you to lead my people to where they're going to go. I need you to take them into the promised land. My servant Moses is dead. I've anointed you to lead them. Now lead the people. So he communicates this to them. And they rise up and they, they decide they're going to follow him. And so when we get to chapter 3, we see like the day before they're moving over into this promised land. The day before, they're going to go across the Jordan. And so they're here in this place and God begins to communicate some stuff to them. And it's important for us that we realize the same way that they needed to realize some stuff, that we realize that there are some things that must remain first and foremost at all times for Faith Dome Fellowship. Amen. There are some things that we as a people, not just, and let me say this clearly, not just we as leaders, we as a people. This is not Bishop's church. This is not the pastors of the church's church. This is your church. Say it. Say this is my church. You are the church. That's the bottom line. And so we have to have the same mindset. We have to have the same things that we're focusing on. And when we read through this, this portion of scripture here, we find here in the beginning, then Joshua rose up early in the morning. Then they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. And he and all the children of Israel lodged there before they crossed over. And so they took a moment. They paused. They waited there. So it was after three days, they're there for three days, that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And so we know because, you know, we're all students of the word, right? We know that the Ark of the Covenant is symbolic of the presence of God. And so what, 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 what is happening here is the officers, the leaders are saying, listen, when you see the other leaders, you see the Levites, you see the priests, when you see them with the presence of God upon their shoulders, you are going to follow them. You are going to follow the leaders that have the spirit of God upon them. How many of y'all can say amen that we have some anointed leaders? We have some leaders in here that seek God's face. We have some leaders here that love on Jesus. Some leaders here who stand firm for the truth. Leaders here who are anointed by God. The spirit of God is upon them. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, we as leaders, we are all unified in understanding this is where God is leading us. And the spirit of God is upon us. And so what God says to you, he says that you need to follow the leaders. Oh, glory to God. You need to follow the leaders. As the leaders lead, you follow them. It doesn't mean you don't stop. It doesn't mean you stop reading your Bible and just look at your leaders. Amen? It doesn't mean you stop praying and just follow whatever they say. That is not what I'm saying. As a matter of fact, on the contrary, if you're following your leaders, you should be praying more. If you're following your leaders, you should be reading your Bibles more. If you're following your leaders, you should be fasting, sacrificing yourself more. Because that's what leaders do, right? Leaders, if, if we're going to lead, we have to lead in a spiritual manner. And so he communicates to them and tells them that they must go forward. But here's the thing that I want you to get. Because this is the principle that is even, to me, more important than that. And it's this. Say this with me. We must follow 
after the presence of God, not just assume his presence. We must follow after the presence of God, not just assume his presence. In other words, we must follow the Spirit of God as he leads us as a church. We must seek for his direction. We must seek after his guidance. We must seek for him to lead us and show us the things that we need to see and the ways that we need to go. We need to seek him for that and not just assume, well, we're moving into a new place. God is there. It's all good. No more sacrifice. We, do. we, we just continue on. Listen, the devil is a liar. If you think we've arrived, we haven't arrived. <laughs> we have not arrived. We will never arrive until the day we go into glory. But just, on, you know, in this little time frame that we have, oh, we have not arrived by far. We're moving into a new place. And you know what? That, and we need to see it as what it is, that is a new starting line for us. Hear me, church. That is a new starting line. And, and the most important thing, the first thing that the, leaders, that, that, that the leaders communicated was, look, you need to watch the Ark of the Covenant. Don't be coming up on it, right? Give some space between you and the Ark of the Covenant. You know why he says that? Here's why. Because your leaders, come here, Pastor Robert. Here's the thing. Pastor Robert's a leader, right? You're going to be my leader. Stand in front of me like, like go like three feet, three feet ahead. They're right there. There you go. He's the leader, right? So start walking. So I follow him. Good job. We're doing good. He's doing good right now. Stop. Right? And here's what happens. Check it out. Sometimes leaders stop for reasons. And you know what we do? We think we got all the answers. So we want to try to come up on him and be like, listen, I'm going to lead you. Come on. You need to keep walking, Pastor. You can't slow down. Fasting for what? Praying for what? Let's just move. Hold on a second. Who's the leader? He's the leader. So we got to, as a leader, what we do, we let the leader lead. He's seeking God's face. Leaders follow it. Glory to God. Don't run into the children. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, good leader, he, he went out. I, lead, I, I, felt, I followed him good. Stop. Leader stops. What does that mean we do? That's good. Y'all got it. Glory to God. Give the Lord a hand of praise. What happens to us, and, 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 and listen, I, I, I confess this to you because I was one of those folk sitting in the seat, got a little revelation from God, right? Got a little intuition, got a little bit of experience, started learning the ins and outs of church. And that was the first thing that you always say when you start. And look, you know you just got a wrong spirit when you're like this. Well, if I was a leader, I wouldn't do that. You ain't a leader, and you don't know what you would do. Oh, yes, I do, Bishop. No, you don't. You don't know the, the pressure of leadership. You know the problems of leadership. You know what seems to be the right and easy solution. But trust me, when you are the leader put in those positions, you will do what that leader did and look back and say, man, I can't believe I did that. Hear me. So what did you tell him? Stay back. That, it doesn't mean, listen, hear me. God wants you to be intimate with him, right? He wants you to be intimate with him. We as leaders, we don't want you to not approach us. That's not, that, that is not what I'm communicating. Hear what I am communicating. We're not saying, glory to God, we're, we're, we're not saying we don't want you to have relationship with us. What we are saying is we don't need you to lead us. Hello? See, that happens in marriage often. Bishop, I thought we were talking about transition. We are, and this is going to help us in our transition if we get this. Happens in marriage, right? 
We talked about it in the Covenant Couples. Remember the wife's question? What happens if you're smarter than your husband, you know, and you get ideas and answers quicker than him? How are you supposed to follow him? Good question. Stand back. Pray. Holy Spirit, show him. He is the leader. Listen, and don't get so spiritual either, okay? Talk to your husband. Amen? Just don't come in with an arrogant, I already know how to fix that. Like that, see that right there? I don't know. Hey, hallelujah, Jesus, I got to pray today. Right? Just come with an attitude. You finally figured that out? See, I'm using marriage as the example, but some of y'all in church are the same way. The leaders, leaders take a minute to get there, you know, and, and figure it out. Be like, Psh, I figured that out months ago. Praise the living God. Can you send me an email in love? <laughs> Bishop, look, I, I was praying. The Holy Ghost was showing. I'm, I'm just looking at some things. I've gotten some good emails like that, taking some great ideas. Amen? So, here, so here's what he says. The first thing he communicates, he says, look. The Ark of the Covenant is going to go before you. You need to follow the leaders, and that way you will get to where the leaders are calling you to be. Amen? Because God is calling them. They stop, you stop. They move, you move. Now, here's the thing. When the presence of God leaves, then we have problems. As long as the presence of God is there, we're good to go. And I want you to understand something. Inside of the Ark of the Covenant, there was the tablets, right? The law. So it doesn't mean, hear me now. Good leaders are going to lead from a biblical perspective. They're not going to lead from a cultural perspective. They're not going to lead from all of these other perspectives that are there as we prayed this morning. They're not going to lead from just a sociological or psychological perspective, but they are going to lead from Scripture. In the presence of God has to be the Word of God. Are you hearing me? Has to be there. If His Word is not there, that means that Jesus is missing. Hear me, important, and trust me when I tell you this. We as leaders, I can say this about the leaders we have now, and as we continue to grow, I believe that we will be very diligent to make sure that this always remains the same. We all love the word of God, all of us. Every one of the leaders that you have in this church, that are pastors in this church, that are leaders in the church, we all love our Bibles. We love our Bibles so much, we fight with each other about it sometimes. Can I tell you that? I know you don't see that, praise the Lord. That's because we're good. And we love each other as well. We don't just love our Bibles, but we love each other. Sometimes we have disagreements. Sometimes we have conversations. And you know what we do? We reason together so we can walk together. We don't divide over stuff. Amen? The first thing he says, well, the first thing that I said here, we must follow after the presence of God, not just assume his presence. I want you to write the scripture down, the book, of, the book of Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 through 23. God is speaking to Moses, the ser his servant. He's speaking to him and talking about this transition that's going to take place in this promised land. And Moses says something that's amazing. He says, listen, if your presence does not go before us, we don't want to go. Now, I want you to understand who is saying this and when he is saying this. He is saying this while he is having a conversation with Almighty God. You would think, that's like dumb. Why would you talk to God about his presence not being with you when you are directly in his presence in a conversation with him? And it is, it is in that moment that Moses shows us this principle. You pursue the presence of God. You don't just assume the presence of God. Because just because the Lord is with you right now, you can stray away from his presence. 
Just because you're walking with him right at this moment, you can stray from his presence. No matter how you slice it, you can come out of communion with him. You can experience things that are unnecessary. Why? Because you just assume his presence. Very important that we don't do that. The second thing that's important for us, repeat this after me. We must consecrate ourselves from anything that could hinder what God wants to do. Joshua communicates to them and he tells them to sanctify themselves because the Lord is going to do something. He's going to do something. And so he tells them in verse 5, he says, And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. The first principle is this. We must pursue and follow after the presence of God, not assume it. The second thing is we must consecrate ourselves, sanctify ourselves, separate ourselves from whatever will hinder what God wants to do. Hear me. I want you to understand something. You know, we're moving into this new place, right? And you know what I, you know, what I, I know is this, is that, you know, sometimes we go through things, right? And buildings, places, they bring along certain memories with them. Right? Brother Norbert, he walked in this morning, right? This is a good thing that he can take with him forever. He came in, and he walked in. We saw him in the prayer circle. He comes in. He said, I had to be here this year. Guys, last service here. Praise God. And I said in, and I said in the prayer circle, I said, Norbert got saved in a prayer circle like that. And so you know what he'll always remember? Anytime he gets in a circle of prayer, that's where Jesus saved me. That's where Jesus drew my heart to him. That's an awesome memory to have. But you know what's a bad memory to have? A bad memory is to have is to when someone offended you in the hallway, and every time you walk by that same spot, you remember, man, that person offended me right here. That's the place where they did that. Or how about out in the parking lot, someone did something to me, you know? I just want to let you all know, Angel will be in our parking lot over there, okay? And I know Angel's tough, glory to God. He, 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 he cracked the whip on the pastors. We're pulling the power. Like, hey, hey. Over here. Right? Don't get offended with him. He's just trying to make sure we get a good traffic flow. Hallelujah. We appreciate that. Come on, give the Lord a hand and a praise for Brother Angel. Serving the Lord with his gifts and talents, right? Y'all get ready. This, 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 this is a different parking lot. So just be prepared to be there. Yo, go over there, right? Listen, very important that we understand. We have, when, when I say consecrate, sometimes we have bad memories of place. Guess what? You have no bad memories over there in this new place, right? Amen? So can I, can I encourage you to do something? Leave all that mess right here. Just leave it here. Now, now let, 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 let me say this. Let me say this. Very important that you understand this. If you need to have a conversation with someone, please have it. I'm going to say it again. If you need to have a conversation with someone, please have it. And let me add something to it. Can you do it before next Friday? Bishop, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> you better get ready, glory to God. What am, I, what, what am I saying? I'm saying, look, man, if we're moving, can we leave all that garbage behind? 
Can we, can we really move to a next level? Can we really come to another place? Can we really do, I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, seriously, you know, really leaving that stuff behind. He tells them to consecrate themselves. He tells them to separate themselves from anything, to remove themselves from the filth, you know, and, 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 and you know, from, from the desert where, you know, where they're coming from, saying, listen, man, consecrate yourself. Consecrate your heart is the most important thing. Sanctify the Lord Jesus as Lord of your life. That's what he's communicating to us as a church. Make sure that no matter what, listen, we're not worshiping a building, we're praising God for what he's doing. Amen? Yeah. We're thanking God for what he's doing in our, in, in our lives and in our midst. We're going to worship Jesus no matter what. And that's what the heart, what our heart has to be. But we have to consecrate ourselves. He told him to consecrate before you enter into this land, before you see the glory of God, before you experience all that God wants to do, before you do all of that, consecrate yourself. Separate yourself from anything that hinders you. The third thing, very important. Say this with me. We must recognize the miraculous. We must recognize it. We often say this. And before I say this, I want to say one other thing to kind of a precursor to this. I am a firm, firm believer in the gifts of the Spirit being for today. 100%. There, there is nobody I have, listen, I have read commentaries that of people, I have a Bible from someone that, man, I love dearly. This is the person who got me into studying the Word of God, John MacArthur. I love him to death. He, I mean, I, I didn't know how to study the Bible until I started listening to him teach. Bottom line, seriously, he was like, broke it down. And I, I was like, I gotta get this guy to study Bible. I didn't know he wasn't Pentecostal. I had no idea what he was, right? I get his Bible. I start reading through the commentaries in his Bible. I'm like, hold on a second. That ain't what that says, man. Now, now, now listen what I'm saying. He has a belief. His belief is gifts of the Spirit are done. No more today. Listen, I, I, I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. Every commentary I've ever, ever read of someone who believes that, they all, every single one of them, have to explain away Scriptures. Every one of them. They have to throw stuff in there to say that it's not for today. But can I tell you why they do that? I'm going to tell you why they do that. Because they would rather explain it away and deal with God on that than to allow craziness to enter the church. Did you hear what I just said? This is the problem. The problem is when you believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but you don't embrace the order of God's Word. Because here's the other thing. There's the other extreme. The other extreme is this, is that you believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and you do not want to in any way, shape, or form hinder the Spirit from moving. Therefore, you just let anything happen, however it's going to happen. No order, no, 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 no accountability, nothing. Just let it flow. That's where abuse comes in. That's where you become a people who are emotional rather than spiritual. I was talking to someone the other day about this. I said, look, man, I said, I, I, I said the, the, the truth is, a, a young man, he's, you know, he's seeking God. And, you know, he, he was asking me about, um, you know, the, I was breaking down for him, like, the different denominations and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 and you know, as, as we're talking, I'm communicating to him and letting him know, look, man, there are some abuses that are out there. There are just some things that are just not right. And, he, and I'm telling him this because he's asking, not because I would just make that a point of conversation with someone who's coming new to the faith. And I said, but here's the thing, man. I said, God, he wants to fill you with his power, but he also gives you the, the, the means by which that power is supposed to operate. He shows us clearly. He shows us clearly. He wants us to experience his power, but he also wants us to walk in his order. Did you hear me? He wants us to walk in his order. And here's the beauty of this, and this is why I don't get it, is because the beauty of it is this. When we read our Bible, you know what we find out? 
Order always precedes glory. When we have the order of God, the glory of God follows. Hallelujah. And so here's what happens. The other extreme, you have the one extreme over here. They go ahead. They'll explain scriptures away. The other extreme is this. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We want to see the power of God manifesting. And so what we do is we ignore every warning. We ignore every admonition. We ignore every clear instruction that is there regarding these gifts of the Spirit. And then what do we do? We have a mess. And so here's the thing for us. We have got to recognize the miraculous. I want to see the power of God manifested. Lee Grady wrote, a, wrote an amazing article about taking the weirdness out of the prophetic. It's a good title for a, an article. Taking the weirdness out of the prophetic. Stuff just gets weird for no reason. It just, it just happens that way. Right? People don't pay attention to these admonitions and things get weird. It gets a little crazy. So taking the weirdness out of it. And the one thing that he communicates, the major point in his whole article is this. He said, what we need to learn how to do is make sure that the end is not the gifts, but that the gift is a means to an end. Understand what I'm saying? Here's what happens. When you begin to focus on the gift, that's when you get crazy. Because you will do anything to experience the gift. Oh, my goodness. Here's what happens. If 10 people didn't jump up, spin around, the Holy Ghost wasn't there. If people weren't laid out on the floor, the Holy Spirit wasn't there. If people weren't prophesied to one by one, the Holy Spirit wasn't there. Man, show me your Bible where any of that proves the Holy Ghost being there. Read the book of Acts. You know what you're going to find like six times in 30 years. (laughs) Six times in 30 years of history that you will find what? You find people speaking in tongues. As a matter of fact, let me break it down like this. Three of the six times are assumed that they were speaking in tongues. Because it doesn't say they were speaking in tongues. It said they were filled with the Spirit. So we just assume, well, they were speaking in tongues there. That's fine. There's no problem assuming that. The point that I'm trying to make is in 30 years, God decides only to inspire six times where that is written about. I'm not saying it happened more than that. What I am saying is God is saying this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the move of of, of all the gifts of the Spirit, those are a means to witnessing to the world and to edifying the body. They are not the end. They are the means. We have to be able to recognize the miraculous in our midst. The greatest miracle, I would tell you this hands down, the greatest miracle is someone being saved. That is the greatest miracle. Listen, I would... I would say, God, let me never speak in another tongue. Let me never prophesy to a person one-on-one because it would be impossible not to prophesy in the preaching of the word because that is what occurs when the Spirit of God begins to speak. But I would say, God, let me never operate in healing or anything else, but give me a soul a day. If he would do that for me, I would take it. The greatest miracle is to see someone who is bound in sin, whether it is what we call heinous sin, gangbanging, drugs, addiction, and all of that stuff, or just the person who is bound in the sin of self-righteousness. To see those people delivered from the bondages of Satan, no matter how, that is the greatest miracle we can ever see. 
And so you want to pray for miracles? Pray for souls to be saved. Pray that God would open blinded eyes. Pray that God would deliver those who don't know him. Pray that the Holy Spirit would quicken lives and bring them to repentance and draw them to him. That is the greatest miracle. We've seen people in this place. I just talked to you about Norbert and others came here, gave their life to Jesus. It doesn't happen as often as we would like, but it happens. Praise God for the miracle. But here's what I want to tell you. I want to tell you about a miracle that is, to me, amazing when you look at this whole move that we're about to do. And I'm getting ready to close, y'all. When you look at this property and this whole thing, I mean, this is, this is, this is an amazing story. The beginning of this property... The owner was one of the original founders, and some of you that were there for the, for, the, um, for the groundbreaking ceremony, you heard this story. The owner of the property, he was one of the founding fathers of the city of Oviedo, so one of the first people in the city of Oviedo. And this man, he didn't have any heirs when he passed away, so he had no one to give his properties and his monies to, so what did he do? He did the best thing that I could think of someone doing. He donated all of his stuff to churches, different churches. So he takes this particular property and he, you know, he had a bunch of properties in Oviedo and he donated them to different churches and things like that. And then this property, he decides he's going to donate this property that we're about to move into. He donates this property to someone like in Tallahassee or Jacksonville, somewhere in North Florida, something like that. And he donates the property to a church there. Well, that church didn't decided not to do anything. And so, you know, that's fine. And what they did was they ended up selling it. I'm not sure, you know, what happened. They sell the property and the present owner, he buys this property. He buys it, and, and it's during the time that the, that the economy is at its peak, you know. I mean, everything is great, you know. The, the, I mean, there's like everybody is building. People are like taking out second, third, fourth, fifth, nine. I don't know how many mortgages they're taking out. They're just going crazy, right, just maxing everything out because they can do it. During that time, he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take this property. I'm going to build a, I think it's 11,400 square foot space of offices on here. And it'd be like 52 parking spaces. And so I'm going to build this here. Look, he had the plans already submitted to Oviedo. They had all the soil work, everything that needs to be done before you build. It was all done. Everything. Priced out. They were just doing the last bits and pieces of it. And what happened is... In the midst of all of that planning and all of the time that it took to get everything, you know, all their ducks in a row so they can start to build, the economy plummets. Goes down. And he says, man, he's a partner. When you guys drive down the road, you see Don King's masonry, right? Well, Don King's masonry, they're partners. They work together. Don King's masonry, he has had his space available forever. That's how I actually found out about this space. See, God just work orchestrates all of this. We're, and Wednesday nights, you know, we have some issues with space because of our kids. Praise God, that's a good issue, right? And so I'm looking, I'm like, well, maybe what we could do is we could rent out another space on Wednesday nights, have the kids go there or something like that, and that way we can use and, you know, maximize that. And I called the property over there, and this was like two years ago. I called over there, talked to John Seeker, who was the realtor at the time, and John is like, well, I don't know if this is going to work for you guys. It's kind of expensive, what he wants for, yada, yada, yada. He goes through all of that with me, and I'm like, all right, that's fine. And he said, but listen, I'll keep your name in mind. And listen, I want you to know something. Most realtors and if anybody's in here is going to be a realtor, is a realtor, whatever the case is, don't take this personally. Take it as a note so that way you can realize what people see. Most realtors, whenever you call them from a church and you're asking about property, they don't want to talk to you. They don't, they, they don't want to talk to you. They don't want to have a conversation with you. And I can tell you, I've, I've talked to almost every realtor that you can see in the city of Oviedo. Call them up. They'd be like, yeah, right, whatever. And they want to just get me off the phone as quick as possible. They're definitely not going to call me back. If I leave them a message, that's not going to happen. Sad. John Secor, totally different guy. 
He says, I'll keep you guys in mind. Wrote down our name and number. Probably about six months later, I forgot about him. And then he calls me up. He's like, hey, man, um, I have this property that's over here off Colonial and University or something like that. That's kind of far. Y'all were like, Bishop, we ain't driving there. I know I felt that right there. Um, I perceived your thoughts like Jesus did, you know, with those people, right? (laughs) So I go over to the property. I'm like, well, you know, if it's nice enough, we'll drive. You know, if it's something that's worth it, you know, we can go out there. So I drive over there, and I was like, oh, my wife would say, are you crazy? It was like a house that was, re, you know, redone. It was just not good. And so I was like, John, that's not going to work, man. I said, I know. It won't happen. So he's like, all right, no problem. So then he said, well, you know, have another property down the road in Oviedo. And so there's like a yellow building on the other side of Central, on the other side of Broadway. Um, and on the left-hand side, it's a pretty big property, about 7,000 square feet. He looked at that. And he was like, I went over there like the next day and he looked at it. He said, look, man, the, the, the parking is not good enough. You guys won't have any parking. And I was like, all right, that's cool. So mind you, at this point, I have now just, I haven't thrown in the towel. I've just said, you know what, God, wherever you want us to be is going to work out. And that's it. I'm not even going to try to do this anymore. And so I get to that place. And then he says, he calls me back and he says, look, man, I have one more idea. I'm like, okay, John, <laughs> tell me, bro. I'm tired of coming up with ideas. So you tell me what you think. He said, there's this property right in downtown And he said, and I think that the builder or the owner, he's a builder also, I think he may be willing to build you something so you can move into. And I was like, okay. I'm like, this guy's got more faith than me at this moment. (laughs) So I said, all right, man, I'll go. I'll I'll talk to him. You know, see, I'm just being real with you. I I was like, oh, yeah, right. He's going to do that. So go over there. And uh, my wife, my daughter, and myself, we go over on a Saturday to meet with the owner. They can only meet on a Saturday. We go over there to meet with the owner. And um, we sit down. Talk for, you know, a little bit less than, I think, less than 30 minutes or whatever. He asked some questions. I asked some questions. And I was like, okay. You know, I told him how much we could probably afford a month. And he was like, all right. And so then I said, well, let's go ahead and pray, man. Let's see if this is God. <laughs> so grab these guys' hand. They're all like looking at me like, this is a business meeting? I'm like, yeah, we're going to invite the Father because I, I don't want to go through this anymore, right? So I grab all their hands. I ask this guy if he's a Christian. You know, they start, they, 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 I, I'm not even going to tell you the joke because I don't want to say it. But anyway, um, so we pray. Finished praying, we walk away, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, we'll look into it. So he calls me back, the owner, I go sit down with him, and he's like, listen, um, probably what we could do is we could add like 2,000 square feet onto the house that's on the property, and you guys can move in there, use the front part, and I'll just keep an office in the back or whatever. And I was like, all right, it's your money, whatever whatever you want to do. And um, I'm like, we're good with that. So he comes back, and he said, I don't know if that's going to work. He said, why don't we do this? We'll, we'll, We'll gut the whole house. And we'll tear the roof off, and then we'll put a new roof on it, you know, higher ceilings and stuff like that. And he said, you guys could use that as a church. And I said, it's your money, man. Whatever you want to do that, we can do that. The house is like 3,400 square feet. So I was like, it's big enough. We're good. It's bigger than where we're at. So then finally, when you go out into the lobby now, you'll see it there. There's, There's a thing that says Faith Dome on it. It's like the front of a building. And it looks pretty close to ours, except that one would have had wood fronting, and ours actually has a stucco. And he calls me to the last meeting at John Secor's office, and he says, listen, he said, what about this? And he opened it up, and he showed me this, and I was like, looks great. (laughs) He's like, here's what I'll do. I'm going to renovate this house, make it office spaces, and in the back, I'm going to build you guys a building, a 3,575-square-foot building. What do you think about that? It's your money? That's great. You know, whatever you want to do. So we go through the whole negotiation, right? Go through the whole negotiation, and he says, okay, well, here's what you have to do. We have some money in the bank. He said, so 
you guys will give me $25,000 up front, and then we will go ahead and we'll build, the, I'll build this building. You guys lease it from me for three years with an option to buy, so that's what we're going to do. That's the reason why we have our building project thing going on, and we'll renew that once we get into the building, um, our commitments. But we go in there, and he sits down, and we have this conversation, and this is like, I think, toward the end of, we're in 2011, so this is like the end of 2009 that we have this conversation. In the beginning of, no, 2000. Yeah, some, anyway, I'm lost right now with the dates, but 2011, right now we are in 2011, amen? And so 2011, it was in 2000, the end of 2009, February of 2010 is when we signed the paperwork for the whole thing. Gave him the $25,000 check, and then he went to work, and um, he started doing everything. Broke ground, October 1st was the actual day that they broke ground, and everything has been, you know, pretty much just moving according to how we wanted to. Now... Why am I sharing this whole testimony with you? Just because I want you to know. Not because I just want you to know. It's because I don't want you to forget. God communicates to the children of Israel always. Remind them. When you sit down with your children to eat, remind them. When you have this Passover meal, remind them of your bondage in Egypt. Why is this? Why, why, am, I, why am I connecting this to a miracle? I don't know if you remember or realize or not remember, but I don't know if you realize we are in the middle of like a recession, don't you think? We are in the middle of a time where there are more people going bankrupt. We are living in the middle of a time where there are more churches for sale than ever before. Trust me, I know. I was looking all the time. Couldn't find a church building for sale. Drive up and down the road, you see church signs and churches that just recently got bought and things like that. We're in the middle of a recession. And in the midst of that, in the midst of this time, I'm going to tell you like this. And you guys need to pray for him and his company. He tells me all the time, man, I ain't got no work right now. Listen to me. I don't have any work right now. So I'm praying for a house to close in Altamont. Still praying for that house in Altamont to close. He does all of this. He didn't pull out a loan. He pulled out his investments. His cash built us this building. Who does that? It's not man. It's God. Don't forget the miraculous. Don't miss the miraculous don't overlook it because you don't see someone falling down on the floor don't overlook it because you don't see someone speaking in tongues don't overlook it because you don't see with someone jumping up and down like popcorn and listen I don't have an issue with someone falling down speaking in tongues jumping up and down run. I hope y'all start running more than ever before glory to God listen I'm not against any of that but what I am saying is this is that we miss the miraculous because we look for it in the wrong places we don't see what God is doing. And nobody does stuff like that. And God, in the midst of a recession, he said, you know what? <laughs> While everybody was like, well, we're going to close down. We, you know, we, we, we're not going to be able to do this. While people were doing that, God was like, now is your time. Because now, it ain't about Jason. It ain't about Faith Dome. It's all about Jesus. He touched the hearts of men. So listen, follow after his presence. Don't just assume it. Make sure that you consecrate yourself, not just today, tomorrow, and the next day, but continually. And make sure that you recognize the miraculous. And if you ever forget, just be reminded of this story. We have it recorded, so you go online, you can listen to it anytime. Download it on your computer, put it on your iPod, listen to it over and over and over again. Amen? We serve a good God. Let's all stand to our feet.